Sensor is part of a great new wave of horror. A debut feature for director Prano Bailey Bond, the film looks at the era of video nasties, telling the story of a British film censor linking a horror movie to her sister's disappearance. I had the pleasure to speak with Prano about the film. This depiction is dangerous. Come on, Enid. I'm cutting it. Butchery, sadism, murder. A wave of depraved and corrupt horror video. Confusing fiction with reality. Doug Smart, producer, Ident Investment Films. Maybe Enid could watch my latest Frederick North submission. Wanted a woman's eye on this film. Horror has been something that's always been there for me. I grew up in Wales in the middle of nowhere, you know, in the kind of pre-internet days with my parents' amazing VHS shelves where I found lots of brilliant films like A Razor Hand and Dark Star. And my brother and sister are eight and ten years older than me, so I always wanted to watch what they were watching. So I probably watched a lot of horror when I was too young to officially be watching those films but I think for me it was always there was always like a thrill to watching horror that I didn't necessarily get from other genres you know there's something that's like a kind of physical thrill and like I turn the film off and then be in the dark or going up to bed and I'd feel that kind of spooky feeling and because I knew that it was fiction I could enjoy that fear it wasn't real and even as a kid I knew that this was a story So I could kind of enjoy that thrill and that spookiness. But when I started making films, I wasn't particularly looking to make horror. I was very interested in dark characters, dark, complex characters, and sort of strange, dark ideas and metaphor and how you manifest those complexities of a character in the outside world. And it was almost like I was making horror without realizing I was making horror. It's interesting that you mentioned you were watching horror as a kid because I did the same. And I think in a way with the film, of course, you're talking a little bit about the video nasties here in the UK. You're almost joking with the people kind of that are so moralistic when it comes to horror. They say, oh my God, kids can watch this. And of course, this was very much the 80s, but I have a feeling it still happens these days, you know, with horror or other kind of films. When did you came up with the idea of kind of commenting on this moralistic society that the UK lived in the 80s? Yeah, I mean, I came up with the idea quite a long time before actually starting to write the film. So I was reading an article about Hammer Horror. In the article, it mentioned that one of the only rules during this period was that the censors would cut blood on the breast of a woman as an image because they believed it would make men likely to commit rape. And my brain instantly went to, well, surely a lot of the film censors were male and what is it that stops the censor from losing control if these images are supposed to warp our minds and make us do terrible things. So there was already this hypocrisy in this rule that I guess I wanted to explore within a character and explore within the idea of a character who perhaps started to doubt their own morals that maybe they thought that deep down they're a bad person and that they might start having a strange relationship with the material they're watching based on that. That was really the seed of the idea. But once I started to delve into like researching censorship and film censors, 
I quickly landed in the video nasty era because, I mean, it's such a rich and fascinating period in UK history and in horror history. And also it's the era that I grew up in and quite an influential era for kind of horror filmmakers of my generation. But the reaction to these films was so hysterical. The Daily Mail articles that were sort of saying, you know, these films are going to turn us all into murderers and things like that. And what I saw going on was that this is Thatcher's Britain and how easy or how convenient is it to have find a scapegoat that we can blame for all the terrible things that are happening in the world when the government aren't looking after society. So I guess I was looking at hypocrisy in so many ways and that era just for me just is such an exciting place to set a film and I, I haven't seen a fiction film set in that period either so that was also quite a big draw. Yeah, definitely. It was quite creative, the film. i never seen kind of a story made it that way. And talking about censors, have you spoke to people that actually have done a similar job, perhaps in the 80s? It's a fiction, of course, you know, maybe that organization didn't really exist. But did you speak to those people? Yeah, it's such a unique job being a film censor. I mean, during this period, there were only around nine people doing this job in the whole country. And it's quite interesting because you think in every country they have like this tiny little collection of 10 people who all sit there and decide what's appropriate and not appropriate for people to watch. But yes, I did. I spoke to film censors who worked during the era and it was super interesting and really useful because I spoke to a couple of women who had very different opinions about horror and very different experiences. I remember one woman saying to me that it felt very seedy doing the job, that she didn't really like horror and she would sit in this dark room with no windows all day watching what sometimes felt like soft porn. And then she'd leave at night and it was dark and it just felt quite grubby. And that was really helpful for me in terms of thinking about the production design and the space and how I'd design the world of the film. But I equally, I spoke to, you know, another woman who loved horror and had a very different experience in terms of working in this role. But also the BBFC were really useful. And I went in there with my co-writer, Anthony Fletcher, and we spoke to them about how the organisation worked during the period. And also we got a chance to look at some of the files for films such as The Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Last House on the Left, that kind of thing. So we did as much research as possible, but there's, you know, I'm still so obsessed with this subject. I could keep researching it forever. Well, we'll be waiting for censor part two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, talking about censor part two, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if you agree with me, but I feel that horror these days is so creative. Even when you compare to other genres, I think, you know, that's why recently there's been horror films nominated for awards. I think people are finally starting to respect a lot the genre. And you're part of this kind of amazing new wave. Are you excited about this kind of new wave of horror and very creative stories, including yours? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think anybody who's like an avid, long-time horror fan will say that the genre has always been really exciting. There's always been incredible films coming out. You know, you think back to The Shining and Rosemary's Baby and so many incredible films throughout the ages. But I do think that there's been some horror films such as The Babadook and Get Out recently that have shown more clearly that horror can be in social commentary and it's that horror 
could be a metaphor for something else going on in society or the individual. And that has been grasped wholeheartedly by a much wider audience and by the industry. And, and I think you're seeing off the back of that more opportunities for people to make really exciting horror films. There's been so many great horrors in the last couple of years that come out of the UK, like St. Maud and Host and His House. So it's very exciting, both for me as an audience member and as a filmmaker. And finally, I just want to go back. I mean, you told me you grew up in Wales, in a small town, right? Is there any connection from what we see in the film? Because of course, of course, I'm not going to do any spoilers for those who haven't seen it, but there is a little bit of kind of this woods vibe, this dangerous atmosphere in a very small village. Yeah. Growing up in Wales, in like rural Wales, surrounded by forestry, I think definitely had an effect on me, partly in that there wasn't that much to do. So you were left with your imagination and you go out and play in the woods and you kind of you know, creep yourself and your friends out and you imagine all the kind of magical things that could be going on in the forest. But I also remember reading once when I was young that in fairy tales, what happens in the forest is a representation of the character's psyche. And I really loved that idea and I think I held on to that and read a lot of fairy tales as well. The forest is a spooky place where creepy things happen. So that I think is why so many horror films end up in the woods. I was wondering if you had anything else on this actress. What's going to happen to her? That's top secret. People think that I create horror. Horror is already out there. In all of us. Sensor is out now. And the Monaco Weekly was edited by Jack Jewers. I'm Fernando Augusto Pacheco. Thank you for listening.